Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that today's message will challenge and inspire you to pursue Jesus and to love people to life. Our whole uh, theme of this kickoff of Missions Month is Send Me. And today the message is about preparing to be sent. And you today, you may be preparing, be preparing to be sent to uh, Walmart, or you may be going to Wahoon, China. Who knows? If somebody says, whoa, don't send me. But it doesn't matter what nation God chooses to send you, if he chooses to send you. There may, may be some of you sitting in the seat today, in the, in the pew today, that God is asking you, will you go to a foreign land? But he may just be asking you to go across the street to Dunkin' Donuts. And either way, if you don't obey, you'll miss the call of God on your life. And that's the last thing we want to do. Because the world cannot be saved and the world cannot be changed without those who know Christ going and sending ourselves out to the streets. See, God wants to change you from the inside out so you can go outside and bring them and compel them others, the lost and hurting, the battered and the bruised, to come in to know the love, the mercy, the grace and kindness of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. If you have your Bibles and you'd like to turn with me, it will be on the screen. Today our message is preparing to be sent. Um, and I'd like to open with a scripture from Psalm 27, 8. It says, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Many times when we ask God for things, we're always looking and asking God for stuff he wants to give us. I need my house payment. I need my car payment. I need my marriage fix. I need my body healed. But when you go in and you determine, prepare me, Lord, to be sent, you're not going to give any excuses to God for what or why or how you can't or why you shouldn't go. Because if you truly seek him and you seek him to know his face, you want to know him. And you want to know his will for you today. I don't want to be scrambling in the dark trying to fumble my way to find God's will for my life today. I want to go into his presence and I want to seek his face. Every time if, there's a, if there is a... Um, uh, accident or there is a uh, crime, the first thing people ask you is they said, can you describe the person who uh, accosted you? Can you describe that person? And I've never heard anyone start to describe anybody from their toes up. They always describe the person, what did he look like? And they always describe what? The face. Have you ever seen anybody give a mug shot of somebody's feet? This is what his feet look like. Go find him. No, they, they give a mugshot of, of the person's face. And so when we are seeking God's face, we're not seeking him to get something. We're not seeking him to have something. We should be seeking him to know him and to know his voice. So when he speaks to us and says, 
I want you to go here. I want you to go there. You will be ready because you know who it is that has spoken to you. So you seek not his hands for what he gives, but we are to seek his face for who he is. So when he gives you a directive, you know that it was from the heart of the Savior. Amen? So we're preparing ourselves to be sent, and it can only be done by sitting and being in the presence of God, hearing the voice of God, and then obeying what he has given you to do. If you're going to be sent, when God speaks a word to you and says, speak life to that person over at Hanover, he is not going to tell you to speak death to that person. He says you're going to speak life to him. But every time, fear will rise up into a person and it will stop you from speaking that life to that person because, first of all, you don't know them. Well, isn't that great? There's no accountability. Amen? Think of that. But number two, you don't because you're afraid you're going to be wrong. Well, if God told you to speak life to someone or to pray for somebody or to just help them get something and then be able to communicate the love of Jesus to them through acts of kindness and through a word of kindness, Satan doesn't want you to do that. The enemy of our souls does not want you to do that. See, because when you're sent by God, God will give you the words and he will fill your mouth with what you're to say. And so that's why we have to be prepared to be sent. Whether I'm sent to the nations or I'm sent to the Walmart, I have to prepare each day to be sent and to go where God is calling me to go. Now, some of you may never go, but you will send. Some of you may never ever go out of Manchester. This may be all you ever want to know. But if that's all you want to know, that doesn't mean you cannot send people to China. You cannot send, you can send people to Mexico. You can send people to Africa. You can send people because you have the ways and the means to do so. But you still have to have listening ears, attentive ears to hear when God says, give there, give here. So you are going, but you're just going vicariously as God sends those who are laboring in that mission field. You know, one time in my ministry, I was struggling. I asked a wise man, I said, I just don't know what to do. I'm just struggling. And he said, well, you ought to pray and then read the word. And when you get tired of that, you can read the word and pray and obey. Pastor Gary Hamilton. <laughs> there was another time in my ministry when I called Gary and I'd been very, very hurt in the church. I know that none of you have ever been very, very hurt in the church. But I'd been hurt in a church many, 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 many years ago. And I called Gary, and I was crying out, and I was just asking him and telling him what he was happening, and he listened for the longest time to me just, just crying and whining in Jesus. Y'all, any of y'all ever cried and whined in Jesus? Just saying. And all of a sudden, after I got done, he says, uh, Well, Sheila, you're not dead yet, are you? And I was so mad at him. Because it was true. Do you remember this? <laughs> and I said, Gary, I am hurt. He said, yeah, you're not dead yet, are you? And that day I realized that I was, my feelings were more important than what God was wanting to do in me and through me. And until I got my feelings out of the way, I could not truly live by faith and faith alone. 
And so I know that when we truly study the word of God and we pray and then we obey, we will see that our flesh will fall away. How many of y'all ever had a flesh burn? A spiritual flesh burn, yeah. Sometimes we need those, amen? And sometimes as we're doing missions, you know, we think, well, we need to go here, we need to go. And it's just so vast, how will we ever do it? Will we do it all one humble servant at a time doing their part and when they do their part then the world will be changed see I have to change my world each day through the power of prayer and seeking the face of God and then once I change my world then I can go out to the world and change the world because every day I need to be renewed I need to be refreshed and I need to be cleansed by the Holy Spirit and the blood and the love of the cross. And as I'm doing that, then I can go out knowing that when God sends me and says, do this, I will not be doing it in and of myself, but I will be doing it with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit with the love of God. Amen? So this year's theme is send me. Isaiah. Isaiah was a scribe. Isaiah was someone who was like a clerk of courts or maybe a lawyer, and he lived and he, during the time of King Uzziah. And when we start reading here, and uh, we're going to go to Isaiah 6, and when we start reading here in Isaiah 6, you will see that it, it makes it very clear to say that in the year that King Uzziah died, well, in the King Uzziah died, King Uzziah died, they wanted you to know that because the king had reigned for 52 years. The king had reigned since he was 16 years old, and he had been very prosperous. And over and over in the scriptures, it is said that he did, he did right in the eyes of God, and, the, and even he was said that as long as he uh, kept his face toward God and he kept the obedience to God, that he was, he, he, the whole country prospered. But there came a place that he did not do what God had asked him to do. Let us read Isaiah 6, starting in verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. And now that word seraphim means fiery ones. So they were like angels of fire, okay? Each one had six wings. Now we know that through the scriptures that six represents man. With two, with two he covered his face, with two, he covered his feet, and with two, he flew. And one cried to another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe, this is Isaiah speaking, Woe is me, for I am undone. That word there literally, in the Hebrew, literally means to be justly doomed. Isaiah, after King Uzziah had died, King Uzziah died of leprosy. He died of leprosy because he did something that he shouldn't have done. He allowed the idols in the, in the land, which the Lord told him to take out. But there was something, one act that he did, that he did, and it struck him with leprosy, and he died alone. After all the years of success, he died alone. And what he did was he went by the temple. Now, I find it very, very um, amazing that Isaiah walked by the temple after 
Uzziah's death, he walked by the temple, and when he saw the temple, he saw something magnificent. He saw something amazing. He saw the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He saw not only the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ as the King of kings and Lord. He saw the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he saw that literally when he saw, he saw the Trinity. He saw the three in one. But when King Josiah walked by the temple, he decided that he was in such a position of hierarchy that he had the same right as the prophets and the priests to go into the temple and burn incense to God. But remember, this is pre-Jesus. And we, before Jesus came, they, the, even the kings didn't have that, that, that um permission to go into the king and as soon uh, to the to the temple and as soon as that king walked in there and he touched and he burned the incense he lit the incense it says that an earthquake happened it says that all of a sudden the whole thing just like an earthquake happened and all of a sudden there was a great light lightning bolt and all of a sudden the king was struck with leprosy because why because he tried to take the place of God. Now I find it very, very interesting that Isaiah, he knew all these things. And when he said here in verse 5, he said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Now all of a sudden, this is not King Josiah he saw. He saw the King Jesus that would come. And it would be some 700 years later before that prophecy would come to be. But when Isaiah realized that that was what had been prophesied, that is what had been talked about, that was what was coming, the Messiah was coming, all of a sudden... He knew that he was undone. He knew he was a man of unclean lips. But yet, God did not strike him. God did not give him leprosy. God showed him things to come. You know, we ask today, what does this have to do? When you talk about King Josiah, We must ask ourselves this morning, who and what does King Uzziah have to do with this? Number one, the first lesson that we learn is just because there's prosperity doesn't mean there's humility. Just because there is growth and just because we see things might look great and wonderful. Am I talking about the USA today, y'all think? It sounds like the, if you read that story, when I kept reading it, I kept saying, Lord, this, is, this could be the USA today. Amen? But what it means is that pride seeped in because he was successful, because he was doing great, but pride was the downfall of King Josiah. 
And now knowing that Isaiah, when he saw the temple and he looked in and he saw he was there in that temple that day and he was seeking God's face, all of a sudden something happened and he did not just see the temple. He saw a vision of heaven and heaven opened up to him and he saw a display of heaven and he knew in his all the goodness that he might have done, all the greatness he's he realized even all that, even all we achieved, we, I myself is, I'm unclean. I am un, one of unclean lips. I am one that is undone before the God. But you know what he did? He confessed his faults. He confessed his downfalls. He confessed that he was undone. And God didn't show him his shortcomings. He didn't show him his shortcomings to, to damn him to hell. He showed him who he was. No. You know, when he saw God, God didn't have to show him who he was. The presence of God revealed that he needed to be cleansed. You know, he, I, don't, I don't see a word transformation here in this, in this passage of Scripture. All I see is a man of God who wanted to know the truth. And he just, and God opened heaven. How many of y'all want to be seeking his face and him open heaven to you? How many of you want to truly say, God, I want you. I don't want all the stuff. I don't want all the fluff. I don't want all the, the things that goes along with what we call prosperity. I want to be a child of the most high God and I want to be humble before you and I want to walk in the ways of you and when I pray, I want you to show me things that are to come that I can share them with the lost and dying world that they will know that Jesus Christ is Lord and King and that nothing can measure up to what he is and who he is and how he loves. Amen. The downfall of the king, unfortunately, was that he made a mistake. One commentator said, and the second commentator says, he made a decision to go into a place that he had not been sent. I would say he made a bad decision. Amen. But Isaiah, he was shown what was to come. How do we prepare? We prepare as we look at Isaiah. And he was in the temple and he asked for God to cleanse him. He confessed, I am of unclean lips. And I serve with a people of unclean lips. He, he said, I'm guilty by association. I'm guilty because I was associated with King Uzziah. I'm guilty of the same pride he had. I was walking underneath that. I need to be cleansed. I want to start afresh and anew today. And I want to be who you've called me to be. And then this is what the scripture says here. In the last part is six. It says, and then one of the seraphims flew, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth. And it said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sins are purged. And our key scripture here for this missions month is, 
it says in 8, verse 8, it says, Also, I heard the voice of the Lord. This is Isaiah hearing the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? If you, and if you have your Bibles with you, that us is capitalized. Who is that us? Do you remember in, the, in, in, in Genesis when it said, Let us make man after our image. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Some churches would tell you today that the Holy Spirit died out when the prophets and the apostles died out. I got news for us today. There the Holy Spirit is still alive and the Holy Spirit still wants to thrive in your life today. He still wants to do great and mighty things and he wants you to be the one that he says, who can I send? And you will stand up and you will say today, send me. Here I am, Lord. Send me. I am purified by the blood and the love of the cross and I am no no longer damned back to hell, but I am a child of the most high God. I hear the voice of the good shepherd and that of a stranger I will not follow. For greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. And no weapon formed against this church, this myself, or anyone around me will be able to prosper because I stand in the righteousness of Christ. I have no righteousness in and of myself, but in his righteousness, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Would you give him a hand clap today? Amen, 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 amen. I thank you, Father. Isaiah had a life-changing experience with God at one of the lowest places of his life after the king had died and he had saw the destruction of the king but he didn't let the lowest part of his life determine his future he sought God and God gave him a repentive heart and when he repented of his sin God raised him up to be a prophet that would prophesy the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and it took 700 years but you know what Isaiah wasn't looking at time frames he wasn't looking at time limits he was looking to the Father the Son and the Holy Ghost who had cleansed him from all unrighteousness the year that King Uzziah died. First, you know, when you look at King Uzziah, you understand that when he sinned, it was a sin of pride. And I pray to God today that we can ask the Father right now, show us where we have pride. Show us where we have pride. Yes, the king died, but the prophet was raised up and he prophesied the Lord Jesus Christ's coming. So what does that have to do with us today? Isaiah was convicted. He allowed the Lord to cleanse him. The, the angels, listen, if the angels couldn't look up on the throne, but God allowed Isaiah to, remember it said it covered his, their eyes, it covered their hands, and it covered their feet. Do you remember that? But God allowed Isaiah, a mere mortal, to look upon his beauty. And to see what heaven really was like. And I don't believe that he showed him that to leave that in heaven. He showed it to Isaiah because Jesus was coming to the earth. And he wanted the Holy Spirit to flood that place. And he said, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Who is the temple of God today? If you are a born-again believer today, you are the temple of God. You are the temple, and he wants the train of his robe to fill your home, your house, your personhood. 
don't know if y'all are getting this today, but I'm preaching myself happy. Amen. God is good. Amen. So we have to be sent by God, but we must have an encounter with him as Isaiah did. Remember when I opened with Psalm 27, seek his face. I can't tell you what Isaiah was going into the temple to seek or to look for, but I believe he was looking for direction. And when he was cleansed and purged from all of his yesterdays, all of a sudden, he heard the voice ask, who will go? Who will go? Who will go for us? And immediately Isaiah said, I will. Here I am. Don't you think it's kind of funny that he said to God, here I am. He was there with him. He'd sent the angels. He'd been talking to him. But I think Isaiah just wanted to make sure like, hey, I know what I just saw. I know what I just experienced. I don't, I don't think I could make this up. I couldn't make this happen. This wasn't just a vision. This was an encounter with God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. And he says, oh, here, hey, God, here I am. Send me. And he didn't say, just send me, just send me to my people. He didn't say, just send me to my town. He just said, here I am. Send me. God responds to a humble and contrite heart. God's presence is what's going to prepare you to go. Whether you go to Walmart or you go to the nation. You need to be prepared to be sent. Whether you fund the missions or you become the missionary, you need to prepare to be sent. And the only way we could truly prepare to be sent is to spend time in the presence of the Almighty, to let him talk to us. You know, I'm a talker. Did y'all know that? As a kid growing up, my daddy used to call me talk a lot. Now we would call that abuse. But sometimes he'd say, talk a lot. Can you be quiet? And then as I got up bigger and grew and got married and had my children, and my husband and I, I would just want to say thank you to Tim Zellers. Uh, we've been married 43 years come November 19th. And um, I, can't, I can't tell you that I thought I, I thought I loved him when I married him at 19. I tell you, I love him today. I'm so thankful for him and our two children and uh, their spouses and our five grandchildren and our life that we have. I truly know that if it wasn't for the miracle of God in our lives 
and my husband coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ the way he has and does today, that we couldn't be the people that we are, and we couldn't represent Christ the way we do. And every time I ask to go somewhere, it's very rarely that he says no. And if he says no, I know not to go. But if he, do, if he gives me that permission, I know that God ordained it and wants me to go. And I'm just thankful for that today. But how do we prepare? You know, my daddy called me talk a lot. When I got up bigger, he used to call me Roadie. R-O-A-D-I-E. Roadie. And because he, he said, why are you always having to go somewhere? And you know, in the first part of my life, I am my married life especially, I didn't understand why I always felt the need to be going somewhere. But then when God got a hold of my life in 1984, January 24th, and changed my life, I'd been a Christian my whole life, but up until then, I kind of had my mama's religion. I kind of did what mama had always taught me to do. But that night when God got a hold of my life, I knew that I was called, anointed, and appointed to go and preach the gospel. And I didn't, wear, I didn't care where he wants to take me. I'll go. I'll go and preach to four people. I'll go and preach to no people. I'll preach to a lot of people in my bathroom for a long time practicing just to get here today. Amen? But I went and preached for thousands of people, and I've preached for just a few people. But you know what? It doesn't matter how many. It matters that you did what God called you and anointed you to do, and did it because you love Jesus and you love what he and his message brings to the people that you're going to minister to. Amen? And so Psalm 51 says this, preparing to be sent. Behold, thou desirest the truth in my inward parts, and in the hidden parts thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssops, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear the joy of gladness. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart. And, O God, renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit. From me. We must be willing to go wherever he sends us. Mark 13.10 says, And the gospel must first be proclaimed to all the nations. We live in a nation where all nations come to. You can be a missionary in your own hometown or you can be a missionary in a foreign land. But whatever way that God does it, you have to prepare and you have to be broken before him. So as you lead and you go and you lead people to Jesus, that they will not find you, they will find him. Because in the end, my words could be just flowery, fluffy words, but if they're the true word of God, that will change you from the inside out and will change your world today, that you can leave this place and change the world that you're going out to, then you can be like Isaiah, and you can say, here I am. Send me. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your precious, precious, precious word. I thank you, Father God, that as we look at this scripture and we see that Isaiah 6, 8 Lord God, when you ask us, who will go? Who will go? 
who will go for us? Father, I pray that every person in this house today, that they will say, here I am, as Isaiah said. They will say, here I am, send me. Here I am, Father God. Let me have an encounter with you that I have never had before, Lord God. Father, I even felt that before in the first service, and I, I just reminded again that you want to invade people's present present place right now and you want to invade their their personal space lord god and you want to reveal things some people had forgotten some of the things that they had been had prophesied over them or they've had prophetically spoken to them or they read in the bible and they felt in their own person that you had called them to that you're renewing those fires within them you're renewing those desires within them to be the people of god that you created them to be for such a time as this father I know that COVID closed us in. It didn't stop you. It just, it just halted us for a little while. But the one thing it did, it took us back home. It took us to our homes where some of us had to reconnect and some of us had to uh, perfect the home life again, Lord God. But Father God, you didn't call us, Lord God, to, to, to be out always, but you called us to be in with you and, and sit with you and talk with you and love on you and be with you. So when you speak to us, then we will be ready to go and be the people of God on, in the highways and the byways to compel people to come to you. Not to a church but to the presence of God and the church will help them to grow and to, to be the people that you created them to be because the church is the equipping center. And Father, ties are made for the, for the working and the, and the operating of the church, but alms and offerings, that's how missions go around the world. That's when we make that extra commitment. That's how missions will be reached in our local city and the uttermost ends of the earth, Lord God. So, Father God, I thank you right now. That is Matthew 24, 13 and 40 says, But the one who preserves to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a testimony to all nations. And then to the end will come. And Acts, 7, Acts 1, 7 and 8 says, Jesus replied, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons. For the Father has fixed them by his own authority. But you will receive power. Yes, we will receive power from the Holy Spirit, and it will come upon us, Lord God. And you might, will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and the utter ends of the earth. Father, this here is the utter ends of the earth, where you have called us today to be a people that will say, Prepare me, Lord. Prepare me to be sent. Father, I ask you now to touch each and every heart. Father, I ask that minds, as Pastor Gary spoke earlier, I pray for any minds that are wrestling with what does this really mean to me, prepared to be sent, that every one of us will have the mind of Christ, that you will renew our spirits, Lord God, and you'll renew our, our fire of hope in us, our first love, Lord God, that we will be soul winners because, Father, we are told that he who wins souls is wise, Lord God. We ask for a spirit of wisdom on how to go forth and do what you've called us to do as Tower Hill Church 
and as the body of Christ here, and then, Lord God, as an individual person, I ask you to anoint each and every person, take down every stronghold, every lie tie, every gold tie of Satan that would try to tell them you're not good enough, you're not fit enough, you're not educated enough, you're not, you're not uh, gifted enough. No, when Jesus touches you with the coals, when he lays the anointing upon you, and he says, please go for me here, you will like Isaiah, you will say, here I am, send me.